Welcome everyone to Rockin' All Week with you, a Happy Days podcast. I am your host, Dan. Season 7, Episode 1. Hooray! We're doing Shotgun Wedding Part 1 and, change of pace, Laverne and Shirley Episode Shotgun Wedding Part 2. Yay! So now it is the time of change. Since January 1976, when Laverne and Shirley began, Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley have been the Tuesday night, in it to win it, time slot. For television, 8 p.m. Happy Days, 8:30 p.m. Laverne and Shirley, and pretty much that has been the number one time slot on television for three and a half years, approximately. And obviously, the past two years, Laverne and Shirley was the number one show. The year before that, Happy Days was the number one show, and Happy Days was right behind Laverne and Shirley. And that's cumulatively, um, by the way. If if you if you could find yourself individual weekly ratings, there are times when Happy Days beat Laverne and Shirley, but overall, Laverne and Shirley just topped up um, Happy Days in the ratings, and especially in the previous season, season eight with Three's Company being so huge and Mark and Mindy um, being big. You know, Happy Days was Happy Days was a bit more lagging behind, but still extremely popular. So this was still extremely, extremely popular. But then in September 1979, the network decided, hey, here's what we're going to do. We are going to feature a brand new sitcom we've got that um, I think was a mid-season replacement, if I remember correctly, at the start of 1979 called Angie. It's a modern-day um, will-they-won't-they kind of sitcom about a young woman named Angie who does something or other and she's got a guy and will they won't they get together and then get married that kind of thing i to be honest i haven't seen angie i think i think i may have seen a few episodes when it originally aired it's got a good cast to it i'm not going to go into it here because that's not the um that th- this isn't the angie show um there's actually a great episode of um uh forgotten tv that covers angie in great detail but anyway angie was sort of an up-and-coming show and it wasn't was on in a kind of time slot it was getting decent ratings critical good critical reviews so they decided to move it to laverne and shirley's spot and move laverne and shirley to another night so laverne and shirley was going to thursday night to try to boost the ratings over there and angie was moving from thursday or friday night whenever it was on to tuesday after happy days to boost its ratings we're, we're not gonna t- we won't talk about it just yet maybe we'll talk about it when they move laverne and shirley back but um this was a failure and that has happened before where they've taken um popular shows and put them just in bad time slots or up against other shows i mean it's always uh what is it um I like putting Miami Vice up against Dallas, or here, here's a great example. We're going to have Mark and Mindy uh, is going to go on against uh, Archie Bunker's Place. And although Archie Bunker's Place was not the juggernaut that all in the family was, Archie Bunker's Place got great ratings and had a audience behind it that had been there for ages. Whereas Mark and Mindy was very much, unfortunately in the ratings, Mark and Mindy is, and I know what you're saying, Dan, what are you talking about Mark and Mindy? They're all Gary Marshall shows. They're all related. Because Mark and Mindy, they not only moved... But they sort of did a restructuring to it. And I have not watched Mork and Mindy in ages. The more I read about it, what they did to it, the, the less I'm interested in watching it. I remember that first season. I was a little kid, and I remember absolutely loving it. 
and then the second season, what happens, I believe, is one Pam Dauber wanted to do more comedy. So they, they toned down Robin Williams. Yeah, that's the way to go. And they gave Pam Dauber, I guess, more comedy. I've always liked Pam Dauber. I always thought of Pam Dauber as like the Bud Abbott of uh, Mork and Mindy. Stand there and facilitate the comedy. And that's not easy to do. I mean, you go, like I've been watching all that Abbott and Costello lately. And for every, you know, half a dozen moments where Bud Abbott is one of the best straight men ever, there'll be a moment when he, he, it ain't working, where, where he's rushing it or he looks bored. You know, stuff, it's not easy being a straight man. It's not easy being the person who facilitates the person who's going to get the big laugh and the applause that everyone loves. You know, people applaud when Abbott and Costello walk out, but when Abbott walks out, nobody applauds. It's when Costello comes out that everyone applauds. Anyway, uh, so they toned down Robin Williams. They gave Pam Dauber, Dauber more jokes. And, of course, giving Pam Dauber more jokes, she's not a crazy, improv monster like Robin Williams was in the best possible way, uh, means you're just giving her kind of stale, late 70s sitcom jokes. And then they got rid of... Um, the older people in the show, because they wanted to appeal to younger people. So they brought in like a young couple who ran a deli. They brought in, um, and I will say this, they brought in a young white couple who ran a deli. And they brought in, yes, the young black kid. Which is what she did back then with, um, uh, you know, different strokes being so huge. And he was wise cracking. And uh, and they, they added like a disco beat to the opening credits. Um, and they, they would actually, they did that to... Um, the Dallas too, somewhere around here in like season three or so. Dallas, they they added like a disco beat to it, just in the same way that in the mid '80s to Dallas, like they add like extra like like gated drums to some of the theme. But they they, they took Mark and Mindy and they put it in a bad time slot, uh, a time slot where it's not going to win up against. I mean, just because it's a fad type show, it was on for a year, it got huge ratings, it was hugely popular, so they thought they could put it up against a juggernaut that had been there for a decade and almost almost a decade and it failed and the ratings for season two of Mork and Mindy tank nobody likes the way they they reconditioned reformed rejiggered the whole schmagaggy they think it's no no one does and, and eventually they kind of try to bring it back to where it was and it never quite gets there again so Mork and Mindy is never quite going to be in the spot where it was. And I'll be honest, Happy Days and Laverne Shirley will not either. Um, but uh, Laverne, luckily, Happy Days and Laverne Shirley, they don't uh, fiddle with them. They're, they're exactly the same, although one might say, hmm, Shotgun Wedding episode one might be one of the dumbest episodes of, of Happy Days ever. Uh, we'll mention the cow outfit. Um, also, oh, it might be one of the most fun episodes ever. Who knows? But anyways... And, you know, I'm, I'm yakking here because it's the start of a season. So we're in 1979, uh, 1980 season. The show has been on for a long time. And the show the show is still, when you're watching, it still very much has its slightly smug. We've been on for a while. Everybody loves us. Everybody watches us. Do we have to try that hard kind of thing? And you're actually going to see during this scene in this episode with Laverne and Shirley that... Um, Maybe there was a reason why Laverne and Shirley was was simply got 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 better ratings than Happy Days, uh, and I'll, I'll mention why I say that in a moment. But uh, so we got Shotgun Wedding episode one, and after Shotgun Wedding episode one, Angie, and unfortunately, Angie was sort of the what what they what they what they did, and I'll talk about this more later. What they did was they they broke uh, television tradition, 
and this this happened this would happen several times when I was a kid and even when I was adult where um a, gr- a great example was in late 2001 early 2002 when Fox was showing the live action Tick and there were only they only showed 8 episodes of the Tick but for those 8 weeks if I remember correctly Family Guy was on I think it was season 2 of Family Guy and then the Tick I think it was Bernie Mac Family Guy and the Tick and I would usually join in I try to watch Bernie Mac but I I think I was working or doing something, so sometimes I joined Bernie Mac a little late, and then I watched Family Guy, and then I watched The Tick, and I'd record The Tick. It was like when I used to watch when I was a kid uh, in the after, weekday afternoons. I used to hazel Father Knows Best Green Acres, and I would tape Green Acres, and I would watch these three shows, and I was enjoying it. And I had a great time, and for like the seven weeks before I knew that The Tick was being canceled, I watched them. And then what happened was, the eighth week, they say, this is the last episode of The Tick. And when it was done, I said to my wife, who was watching The Tick with me, um, I said, this is too bad, because I don't think I'm going to... And she said, yeah, I know they canceled the show, and you love the show. I said, and it means I won't be watching Bernie Mac and Family Guy anymore. She said, well, they're still going to be on. Yeah, but but The Tick anchors it. you know. And without The Tick there, I probably won't watch it. And I think the next week I tried watching it, and they showed two Family Guys in place of the tick, but then I didn't come back the next week, and they sort of, they broke the time, this time slot, you would have that, like, nights too, where they would have, like, something on at 8, something on at 8.30, an hour-long thing on at 9, an hour-long thing on at 10, and then they replace one of them, and suddenly there'd be a bump in the schedule, and after a time, specifically, specifically back, back then, when, you know, you, you kind of, a lot of times, you'd, you'd pick a station, and you just stay on the station all night, um, by putting in Angie, which most people apparently didn't want to see, um, you kind of, you broke the night. And after a time, what began to happen was people were like, geez, I've been watching Happy Days for six years, and without Laverne and Shirley there, it's not the same. Maybe I'll try something else. And then you lose the people who still love Happy Days and still love Laverne and Shirley, but want a more sort of cohesive night, but don't like Angie. And are not interested in Happy Days and Angie. Maybe there's an hour-long show on at 8. That are we going to watch instead? Maybe there's a TV movie we're going to watch instead. So unfortunately, and as I said, we will talk about this more later. Although I've talked about it quite a bit right now. Their their decision to move Laverne and Shirley to Thursday night. And its premiere will be September 13th. This Shotgun Wedding Part 1 is September 11th, 1979. Shotgun Wedding Part 2 is on Laverne and Shirley September uh, 13th, 1979. Um, this unfortunately, this decision would um, uh, not only sort of break. It would break Happy Days. Happy Days would no longer. Happy Days would still occasionally be in the top ten, but cumulative ratings wise, Happy Days was no longer number one, number two in the top five, two, three, four, five. Happy Days was now um, in the top twenty, and that would continue to lower as time went on. And Laverne and Shirley. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to Laverne and Shirley when they return Laverne and Shirley to its rightful time slot as it were uh, we'll talk about that but and of course Angie will be going off the air you know not long from now so this was a terrible mistake made by the um, the juggernaut that you know what at the start of the year completely wrecked cliffhangers one of my favorite TV shows you know now is going to struggle to um, win its time slot well I, I'm sure yeah 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 unfortunately so but let, let's not be um, let's not be jerks. We still have five seasons of Happy Days left, so it's not like we have over a hundred episodes. So it's not like it's not like we're in the toilet yet. The things are still going along. 
So let me give you Shotgun Wedding Part 1. Fred Fox Jr., writer. Jared Paris, of course, director. The whole family is going to um, uh, Lake Pinewood for a camping trip. Fonzie goes along. And there is a, a nearby farm, the Boompergard Farm, cheesy farm, lot dairy farm. Uh, and, and Mr. Boompergard has two daughters, Helga and Inga. And Helga and Inga are very much, um, uh, very much the, um, the definition of your, the farmer's daughter. And uh, they're, they're both very hot and cut off tops and tiny shorts, long legs. Um, not not adverse to wearing high heels whilst doing farm work, and they want to go and make out with them, and so they basically sneaked out to the farm dressed as a cow. Uh, they're caught by the um, they're caught by Mr. Boompergard who chases them away. They get attacked by a bull. They get attacked by bees. They run to Laverne and Shirley who are also on vacation in the area, and are working on their candy striper. Um, uh, nursing type things and try to nurse the guys back to health. Fonz and Richie return. The uh, the large double barrel shotgun pointing at them can't stop them from going after Helga and Inga. Return to the farm. Tell Mr. Boopigard that uh, they're undercover FBI agents and the President John F. Kennedy is there to um, congratulate Mr. Mr. Boopigard about his cheese. So Boopigard leaves and the guys start making out with Helga and Inga. Boopigard returns. Uh, and says, you have to marry my daughters. No, we can't marry them. We're, we're engaged to Laverne and Shirley. Okay, well, if you can prove it, then um, then you'll get out of this. And so Richie is given one hour to find Laverne and Shirley and bring them back while the Fonz is held in the barn at gunpoint. And the episode ends with Richie running for his life through the fields to try to find Laverne and Shirley to be continued on Laverne and Shirley. season five and six the Cunninghams go away and we start off with a brief scene in the house and then they go to their vacation spot this episode is mainly about Richie and 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 Fonz trying to get a little little piece at the Bumpergard farm there and that's that's kind of the main thing you, you don't see a lot of Mr. And Mrs. C Joni talks about hunks and um it's odd, odd. Mr. C gets one scene where he's quite funny um and it's quite charming but it's technically not in the episode as aired. I will talk about that in a moment. You can tell that the show is still the show is still. I mean, the show the show doesn't bomb in the ratings. It's not like it's suddenly in like the seventies or eighties or something like that. It's still it's still going to do quite quite well, uh, but not blockbuster well. Like like you know top ten. Like I said, top ten one. And so, and so oh good top ten good. And um, and so the and so the episode begins with like yeah come on we're going on vacation and like the whole cast carrying vacation stuff comes down the steps from upstairs ba- basically comes down from basically makes a stage entrance 
they they come from off stage down the steps, stroll down, everyone applauds them, and they all separate out where they need to be, and then they're on their way, and the Fonz is going, the Fonz shows up, and 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 um, we get the first great laugh of the episode, which is um, Richie uh, Fonz showing Richie a newspaper with the Boomer Guards, the daughters in it. Helga Ninga, why are you coming up the headline? Don't worry about the headline. Let me see the headline. Don't worry about the headline. I want to see the headline. You don't have to. Oh my God. Tupperware salesman shot by dairy farmer or something like that. That's a good laugh. And so, yeah, they go out there. And the episode really is, once they land, there's no there's no pretense to this being like Hollywood or, or Guessword Ho, where there are a bunch of different things going on. This is, there's one plot line. It's about getting on the bumper guard farm. And they get on there once, they're chased off, they come up with a new idea, they go back, that leads to the cliffhanger. And um, I saw someone reviewed it and said there's no no real plot or anything. Well, no, there, there is a plot. They're, they're trying to get on the, the farm to make out with some gals. You know, there, it's not much of a plot, but um, if you refer the show back to its 50s origins, and in this case, early 60s origins, we do know that Joni is almost 17. In this episode, um, I forget where we left her off age-wise in the previous episode. But as she goes to talk with some surveying hunks, Mister C says, "Oh, I see you've met my almost seventeen-year-old daughter, sweet sixteen. It's it's interesting. I think to watch the. Uh, I mean, this is obviously this is the first. This is a two-parter, so it's technically an hour-long story. But but it's the first. Yeah, the first episode since the start of season three. That's not a." hour-long episode we're not beginning with an hour-long episode and obviously we're specifically doing that because of the crossover and i mean the crossover is there i i mean to to say like i said you know it's it's there to remind people hey laverne and shirley's still on even though angie's up next and angie's sort of a modern sitcom i don't was angie on video i i don't know i'd have to look because i was going to say if angie was on video then that I, I honestly don't remember. I haven't seen it so long. Because I was going to say, one of the reasons in my mind why I might have lost interest, because I know my sister and I used to watch it pretty darn, Happy Days, pretty darn regularly. But I think that was in the 80s we used to watch it. The first half of the 80s, I was I was um, six and my sister was four. I'm fairly certain I watched it, but I'm not 100% certain. But I, I'll have to look because if Angie was a video sitcom, I could see people like, leaving in droves and stopping to watch in droves because Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley being on film and even when they don't disguise the fact like with Joni's hair that it's the late 70s or with like the dance that Helga does her Bob Fosse dance near the end of the episode which is a great dance and she's got great legs she's got a, she has a fantastic body and, and she she's a very good dancer it's not like sexy or erotic at all it's like it's like um you know, it's 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 a chorus line dance uh, suddenly appearing in like 1961 Happy Days, and I guess this is 1961, right? If the Christmas episode of the previous season was December 1960, then this is the summer. So this is the summer of 1961. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check. I'll I'll get back to you on the next one. I should check now, but I'm on a roll here. Uh, but I'll get back to you now. Try try to sort of think because. In in my mind, if if you were used to three and a half years of shot, on, even if you didn't know the difference between the shot on film and the shot on video, if you're watching shot on film, I bet Angie was on film. 
Hmm. No, it's interesting because if it was like I, I keep I keep getting halfway through the thoughts. Sorry, if it was on video and it was modern, that would have thrown the viewer completely out of like the late fifties, early sixties mindset of these two shows. And if you're watching these two shows to have a laugh and to kind of be in a safe, comfortable space, suddenly if you're in 1979 and it's on video and you could, as far as you know, be in a Norman Lear sitcom, I could see people like turning it off. That's that's the wrong spot for it. But if it's shot on film, even if it is modern, I could see it being closer to possibly working. Possibly. Anyway, um, yeah, we go and they, they get dressed in a, a cow outfit, which which is very funny and also stupid. Uh, they do the the ultimate cow outfit thing is is obviously the Zucker Zucker Abram Zucker um, uh, top secret. They're absolutely crazy, wonderful film from '84. A follow-up from Airplane and Police Squad and right before Ruthless People and Naked Gun. I adore Top Secret. Uh, the thing with Top Secret is that if you, if you watch the Zucker Brothers stuff and you do like Kentucky Fried Movie, the Zucker Abrams Zucker stuff, and you do Kentucky Fried Movie, Airplane, Police Squad, Top Secret, and then say Naked Gun, you'll see that they had a propensity for airplane-style gags. They had a propensity for parody scenes. They had a propensity for... Um, naughty bits they had a propensity for weird moments too they have um, like airplane has you know the essel hit the fan you know or like the like the huge like um spear hitting the wall you know kind of thing these weird these weird just weird moments that are funny and don't make any sense um a lot of johnny's leaping around and his is what he's saying you know kind of thing and um and when they made top secret they said the, and and they're very they always denigrate their own work on the commentaries for stuff which I find a little tiresome guys you know sorry that you know airplane was a huge hit naked gun was a huge hit ruthless people was a huge hit top secret was not um, but that doesn't mean top secret was a bad film it's a damn funny film go read Roger Ebert's review of it it's, it's a damn funny film so pardon my French and and well, top secret they basically said. You know, you remember watching like Airplane, Kentucky Fried Movie, or Police Squad, and you remember like really weird jokes, like jokes like, where did that come from? Imagine a whole movie of that. That's top secret. And one of the gags is the gag with the people in the cow outfit um, becoming part of a herd, sneaking into this prison, and um, turning off the power to the, um, the electric fence. And, um, and, you know, the, the cow has boots on and Lemieux has a Frenchman in it. And they do get attacked. And there is a scene with the bull, like in this. And in Happy Days, it's funny because it's implied, you know, what, what if we see a bull make friends with it? You know, and the implication being, you know, you don't want the bull mounting you. And, of course, that's what happens in Top Secret. And it's hilarious. I know what you're saying, Dan. Maybe that's not hilarious. Um, and no, it's not it's hilarious. It, it is, it is hilarious. Lighten up. It is, it is hilarious. Be, be, you know, no, it is hilarious. It is hilarious. You know, I mean, I can say if you don't, if you don't find it funny, I understand, but no, it's a good joke. It's a good joke. And they do it here too. Look out for the bull. The bull chases them and then they run into bees and then they run to Laverne and Shirley who helps them out. Yeah, and that's very silly. And then they get back and they, they watch. And Helga gets like, it's almost, it's funny. It's like, I almost wonder if like the actress who was playing Helga was like, you know, um, I, 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 I'll, I'll look her up for um, the second part. But um, I'm wondering if she was, obviously she was a dancer. 
Uh, Helga is Vicky Frederick. Inga is April Clow. F. William Parker is Vernon. Our, our, the Mr. Bumpergard there. Um, Vicky Frederick. I'm wondering yeah, if she... I mean, obviously she was a professional dancer. I'm wondering if that was something in her contract. Where they, I mean, because they give her at least... I didn't actually time it, but they give her at least a full minute, if not more, of the episode. The, the problem, full disclosure, folks, I have... Season 7 through 11 are not out on DVD. And they are very spotty online. Like, if you go online, you can find ep- Season 7 of Happy Days on, a, like, Amazon Prime, for example. But they only have three episodes. And they don't have this one. It's it's weird. They just have random episodes. I have no idea why. And I misplaced my DVD-R with Shotgun Wedding on it, part one. I have the DVD-R before it. I have the one after it, but I can't. So I had to watch it on Daily Motion in a terrible, one of the worst copies of anything I've ever seen. If I hadn't watched it before, I wouldn't have deemed it acceptable to watch it and talk about it. But I've seen it half a dozen times before. So I was just, I, you know, reacquainted myself with it. So, so, and they slowed it down. So the 25 minute change episode is 28 and a half minutes. And so she dances for what seems like forever. Now she's, she's very attractive. She's got great legs. And she's very good. Uh, but but sort of like the music is, huh? And her dance is, why are they letting her dance for so long? I mean, when she starts to dance, you think they'll, she'll dance for about 10 seconds. They'll cut to the guys with their jaws dropped. She'll dance for a few more seconds. And then they'll grab her and go, come on, take her, take her to the hayloft. Instead, they let her do the full dance. She does like a full dance, minute, minute and a half or whatever. It seems strange that, like when you think about this Happy Days episodes... The things that really immediately spring to mind are the cow outfit, the Laverne and Shirley scene, and Helga's dance. The rest of the regular cast, apart from Fonzie and Ralph, do really nothing in the episode. Uh, Fonzie and Ralph, sorry, Fonzie and Richie do nothing in the episode. And almost nothing. And, and Fonzie and Richie have some great stuff that they do in the episode, but at the same time, it's... Uh, it's 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 a weird sort of focus in the episode. It's a weird weird kind of feeling to it. Um, is it funny? Yeah, there there are plenty of laughs in it. Like I said, the Tupperware line is funny. The cow stuff is amusing. Um, there's some good stuff in the barn. Um, there there's some. It's true. The Fonz is really funny here. Richie has some good moments, but it's really sort of the Fonz and Richie's response, of course, to the Tupperware headline. But uh, it's 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 a it's a decently funny episode. It's not it's not you know you're not gonna oh, you're not gonna die of hysterics. Um, but there are some laughs in it, and it is an amusing episode, and it moves along nicely. Although one could argue with the structure of the story, where they sneak on dressed as cows, and then they get chased off. They meet Laverne and Shirley, and then they sneak back on as FBI agents. And then, you know, one could argue that maybe they should have just you know, devoted the first half of the episode to getting to the lake or wherever the heck they are and maybe meeting Laverne and Shirley and having, getting, and that, and then the second half to meeting up with the gals, Helga and Inga there. But they didn't, and so it is what it is. Um, it, it just seems, it seems a little over-clogged for a half-hour episode. It seems like, it seems like there's a lot going on, but it doesn't move too quick, and they're able to stop for a minute, minute and a half as Helga dances. So there you go. 
Um, but overall, it's an enjoyable episode. It ends on a fun cliffhanger. I mean, we're, we're bringing in Laverne and Shirley. And let's be honest, the funniest scene in the episode, one of the funniest scenes on Happy Days in quite some time, is the scene with Laverne and Shirley where they're trying to be nurses and help out. Um, there's some great slapstick. Uh, Richie's responses are okay, but Fonz's responses are hysterical. There are a lot of great lines. Um, the with, with the funniest line in the episode, and I'm not going to get it right, um, where Richie's in shock... And, you know, your temperature drops when you're in shock, so Laverne basically crawls on top of him. And Fonz and Shirley walk in the room, and what's going on? You know, oh, I was in shock. And, and Shirley says more or less something along the lines of, you want me to throw another girl on top of you? Or something like that. It's a very funny line, and it's delivered very well. And that scene is great. That scene is a joy. And you miss Laverne and Shirley. You want Laverne and Shirley to be on the show more, because for that scene... It's just funny. There, there aren't, you know, and there aren't a lot of, um, you know, that's a gag line, throw another girl on you. But, but it's, it's slapstick, and the humor rises out of that. It's very different from the more, more verbal humor of, of Happy Days, which is very hit and miss. The slapstick is good. Laverne and Shirley are excellent at it. And realizing now that both Cindy Williams and Penny Marshall have passed on, made me very sad when I was watching it. They're so vibrant, and they're so full of life here, and in the few minutes that they're with Henry Winkler and Ron Howard, suddenly Happy Days comes alive again. After the last season, which I found very bumpy, uh, and, a, and a, kind of a tough road to hoe at times, um, this, it was fun to see them here, and they, they, do, they do bring the episode to life. Um, I kind of think Helga's dance... <laughs> Kind of brings it down again. Oh, as good as she is, it's like, why are we watching this? Keep the comedy going. Uh, this ain't a variety show. You know, maybe if it was Linda Carter and they let her dance for a minute and a half, I'd do that. But, you know, the the, the woman, Helga, is, is perfectly fine in this. But it's sort of like, what are we doing? Why do we stop to watch her dance like this? And, and I mean, I know... I know it's this is meant to be like another world. This is meant this is we're in fantasy town now. We're we're in no way in any sort of reality in this episode. So watching this shelter these two sheltered girls and this one sheltered girl breaking into a Bob Fosse routine is very weird. But it is no weirder than Laverne and Shirley showing up, it's no weirder than the cow outfit. It's no weirder than everyone being upstairs in the Cunningham house and coming down the stairs at the same time for vacation. So uh, I'll start talking about this here, so we can go into part two. And we can we can talk about the Laverne and Shirley episode. But overall, I, it's it's a fun opening episode. It's not it's not great. I think it's better than Guessword Ho Part One. Um, it's it's I mean it's 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 a good episode. There are laughs in it. It's fun. It's a decent pace, not a great pace, but a decent pace. And um, you know it does what it does, and it it. Uh, it it reminds you that Fonzie and Richie are still super fun characters. And it, it reminds you that Laverne and Shirley are still on the air, even though you're going to be watching Angie right after it. So, I mean, I give the episode a thumbs up. Out of ten, I'm seven and a half, maybe. Uh, maybe seven. Um, but I don't usually do that. But I'm doing that right now. So, um, and I, I will say one more thing. Uh, the episode begins with a brief scene with Lori Beth where they kiss each other goodbye and say the week while we're gone we can date other people. Now I don't know what exactly what sort of relationship it is when you know like I was dating a gal throughout my senior year in high school and then when I went away to college and I didn't have a car and I left at the start of September 
and I didn't come back home until Thanksgiving. You know, when I was gone for almost three months, we were allowed to date other people, which turned out to be the end of our relationship when I returned. Um, but that's another story. That's another podcast. But but one week, one week, you know, like I um, when I was going out with this gal, my senior, I got I got chicken pox. And for basically one week, we couldn't see each other. We talked on the phone. We couldn't see each other. But I didn't say to her, you know, during the week when I'm with chicken pox and we can't really see one another, uh, I need you to, you know, if you want to date other people, do. No, why would you have done that? I guess dates are sort of different. Like if you if you took a date in the late 80s, early 90s or now, you, you're... You're you're on a date, I guess, either to create a relationship that's going to last a while, or you're after a bit of rumpy pumpy. Um, and back then, in the fifties, a date, uh, early sixties, a date, at least from what I can tell from sitcoms and things, a date seemed to be more, um, uh, you know, just getting together, holding hands, going to see a movie, maybe making out a little, and that was it. You know, and you could say, all right, that was nice. And come. I've had a couple of dates like that in my life back in the day in high school and college. Um, but generally, if I, if I was getting up the courage and energy to date someone, I wanted, uh, you know, I was after option one or option two. And uh, so, so it is interesting that they, they, they and, and you realize that the reason why they do that scene is not, they must have had a complaint. Maybe they heard me um, reverberate through time that in the previous season, you know, he's supposed to be, the previous two seasons, he's supposed to be, for seasons, what, five and six, he's supposed to be together with Lori Beth, but he keeps going on other dates and keeps seeing other gals and flirting with other gals, and a lot of times it's not mentioned. Where's Lori Beth? What's going on? And here it's specifically mentioned. They specifically go out of their way to have a scene. You can, we can date other people during the duration of this episode and any crossovers with fellow sitcoms on the network. Boom. So let us go now. We're going to hop Two days ahead, September 13th, 1979. Shotgun Wedding Part 2. This is the premiere of Laverne and Shirley Season 5. And this is September 13th, 1979. Directed by Joel Zwick. Written by Judy Pioli Irvin. And in this, of course, we, we start off with Laverne and Shirley arriving at uh, uh, the Wigwams, where they'll be staying on their... Um, vacation and then Richie shows up and they have to go back to the bumper guard farm and save the day it's it's really simple I haven't watched this episode in ages and so I'm gonna watch it right now and we'll we'll talk about it on the other side I'll start off by saying that this episode does something that I really like which is that and, and it seems very modern in that when it begins, it doesn't begin. It begins by giving you the recap of the previous episode, but then it doesn't immediately go into Richie rushing to find them and sort of it starting off, everything starting off, you know, and going right to the barn. The first, I don't know, I didn't actually time it out here, but the first six, seven minutes of the episode, maybe eight, six, seven, eight minutes of the episode are them arriving at the wigwam place where they're going to, you know, camp and just getting in shenanigans and jokes and, and stuff and Lenny and Squiggy showing up and the Shirley, Shirley being, I always, you know, I was like Laverne, I was like Shirley, but I always remember Laverne as being the funnier one, but 
for some reason in this, Shirley gets Shirley gets the as in the previous episode, Shirley gets the best line. She she's wonderful during the square dance scene. Her and her and Penny Penny Marsh and City Williams are kick ass. For the, the fact that this was done like live in front of an audience, as far as I know, they are incredible doing this. And it's an energy and a verve that I don't I don't think Happy Days had for more than like 20 minutes in its previous season. It's so much fun to watch. And I think I think Happy Days at this point is past its and I've said this before my, my article I wrote for Pop Matters reviewing uh, the Jump in the Shark stuff. Um, I, I, I stand by the fact that Happy Days, because it ran so long and because it sort of changed in so many ways, it kind of has several different um, formats it goes through. There's the original two seasons, then there's the batch of seasons we're in now, which is three to seven, then there's seasons eight and nine, then there's ten, then there's eleven. And the first two are obviously single camera, shot as individual, like, small films rather than multi-cameras most were shot. Three to seven is sort of the big popularity time when the show was absolute top of the ratings, absolute huge, everybody loved the show, pop culture phenomenon, and multi-camera sitcom. Then Richie leaves and Ralph leaves, and then seasons eight and nine are sort of revamping the show, reconfiguring the show, putting the Fonz more of a lead spot, putting Joni in the lead spot, bringing Chachi up to the front, bringing Roger in, sort of shifting the whole focus of the show. And the good thing with that is that one it, that takes a little while to get going, but because of the big change in episode, ten, the, the, because of the again the sea change in, in season ten, that that configuration never wears out its welcome. And then season 10, Joni and Chachi leave, and we bring in KC, and we kind of shift around. And that configuration never really works. And then with 11, we bring Joni and Chachi back, um, but with so many of the characters from seasons 8, 9, and 10 gone, that it's almost a reconfiguring of the show again after seasons 8 and 9. I mean, you could go 8, 9, and 11 are one thing, and 10 is a separate thing. But again, I don't think 11 wears out its welcome. Whereas I think now, in this current configuration, if there are if there are four configurations, 1 and 2, 3 through 7, 8, 9, 11, and 10, we're near the end of the second configuration. And the show in this configuration, I would say, has jumped its shark. It's be- Happy Days has become far too complacent, far too sort of relaxed in kind of its own space, and far too, um, hey, we're Happy Days. It's the Fonz. Everyone applaud him. Everyone walks on stage. Everyone applauds. We're, we're the most beloved family. T- you know, that kind of thing. And it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it is a little tricky because you see Laverne and Shirley. Now, I, I am no expert on Laverne and Shirley. When I was a kid, I loved Laverne and Shirley, and I had been meaning to pick up the Laverne and Shirley DVD set and watch it all the, and get it and watch it all the way through. I've been meaning to do that because I, I adore the show. But I know that, forgive me, I'm wrong, season five, I think, is the last Milwaukee season, I think. So this is, yeah, that would make sense because the ratings drop so precipitously in this season that the next season they wouldn't force a change on it and move them to Los Angeles. Now, I remember enjoying the Los Angeles episodes. I remember the final season when Shirley isn't there being confusing. Um, but, uh, and it sort of did that Petticoat Junction thing where, like, you know, Petticoat Junction shows up after Beverly Hillbillies but leaves before Beverly Hillbillies. And the Vernon Shirley showed up after Happy Days but leaves before Happy Days. Um, and and I, I do I do remember watching the, the you know, Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days quite regularly with my sister 
in the first half of the 80s, I, I would imagine. Um, I, I don't know when we, I mean, I don't know if we were, I don't remember watching Angie, but I remember watching Happy Days circa 1980, 81 and stuff. So, and I, I didn't realize that ha- Angie actually did have a full season. This it had a half season and it's got now a full season, so I had like thirty six episodes or so. I got like canceled after half a season, but they really they really tried to keep it going. And the woman who wrote this episode also wrote an Angie episode, and she also wrote like thirteen more uh, Laverne and Shirley's. And to be honest, um, this script is fantastic. I don't know how much outside. I imagine there was a lot of. Ta- I don't know if they did sort of the modern day writing room. I know that didn't exist back then. But I don't know how much outside diddling around happened with the script, but this script is, this Laverne Shirley script is sharp and is funny. And to me, this show seems to still be at the top of its game. Whereas, um, like I said, Happy Days, I think, is is past the mark for its sort of second um, uh, wave. Um, Laverne Shirley, if this is a, a typical episode of Laverne Shirley, this is a fantastic episode. It's very funny throughout. Laverne and Shirley are great. The supporting cast are great. The ending with the square dance scene is fantastic. Um, Laverne is just so much fun, and Shirley has so many great lines. Her line about, um, well, what, what, what can we do? What kind of competitions can we do with your daughters? Well, there's pig skinning. I think I may have misunderstood you. And, and, we, and she's got so many nice little lines and so many uh, dry lines and moments there. And um, they're just a, such a great team. And, and the thing is, as with the previous episode, the Happy Days episode, when they have a scene with Richie and Fonzie, they make Richie and Fonzie better. Richie and Fonzie, who... Uh, even the Fonz the last season occasionally got on my nerves. And Richie is incredibly, like, super on my nerves now over in Happy Days. And yet I found him charming here. And I, lo- I love the way you, you can see... And I'm going to call this... This is Richie doing this, not Ron Howard doing this. When Laverne and Shirley catch Helga and Inga in like those tires or whatever it is and, and pull the rope and lift them up in the air. You you can see they drop the rope and you can see uh, Richie kind of put his foot like on the edge of the frame as Laverne and Shirley are running back out to finish their dance. Put his foot on the rope to hold the rope down. To hold the rope in place. And I thought that, I thought that was cool. And it's just like when you can make characters from other shows better by having them on your show, then, you know, it's like one of the tricky things with like Petticoat Junction when it would have Green Acres characters on is that Green Acres characters are never better on Petticoat Junction. And yet the Petticoat Junction characters could sometimes be much funnier when they were on Green Acres. And the Virtue Show has kind of done this here. Um, we, we only see Richie and the Fonz, but um, they're much more fun here than they have been in a lot of the season six episodes of Happy Days. And this is a cool... This is... I would... I, it's tricky. I I hate I hate the thought that I think that I don't know how what the ratings were for this week, but I I think from from what I know of the season, I don't think as many people watched Laverne and Shirley as they did Happy Days, and I hate to think the an average episode of Happy Days with a few laughs, maybe a little crazy, um, might not have led people to watch this very funny episode of Laverne Shirley. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to superlatives here because I've already been yakking enough in this episode and this is not a Laverne Shirley podcast. There is a wonderful Laverne Shirley podcast out there, which I I will recommend uh, to you. It's Night After Night, 
a Laverne and Shirley podcast, which I recommend highly. And I was actually going to ask them if they would join me to talk about Shotgun Wedding. But then I saw the, uh, uh, the folks over on the other Happy Days podcast uh, did that when they covered this. They're, they're, in, they're in season 10, so they're way ahead of me. So they did that already, so I thought I should probably do this myself. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's an excellent episode, and it's, it's so funny. Yeah, because like the first episode is okay. And like a lot of the six season episodes, it sort of struggles to get the laughs, but it does get some, mainly in the scene with Laverne and Shirley. But then this episode, this Laverne and Shirley episode, is just so good and so funny all the way around. I um, I recommend it highly, um, and I recommend both of them. Watch it, maybe watch them both together. I'd love to see an edit of them together. Like like I said, the they do a very modern thing at the beginning where it doesn't begin with Richie running in and the episode starting. It begins several hours before Richie runs in with them arriving at the camp, going down the lake, hanging out, getting situated, and then Richie shows up. So I, I love that because it, to me that's a very modern thing to kind of uh, manipulate the time stream there because you're sitting there expecting Richie to show up, but they put it off so the main characters of the show can get a little time to hang about, which I really like. So, um, well done, Laverne and Shirley. Um, geez, sometimes I wish I was doing a Laverne and Shirley podcast instead. Well, you, you can't have it all. I'm just going to wrap the episode up here with two two things. One, uh, April Clow played Inga. Uh, she's an actress. She's in a lot of stuff, including, uh, obviously, these episodes... Um, she was in a fantasy island. She was a BJ in the Bear. She was in the Siege episode where um, Country Comfort is taken over by uh, terrorists. And I believe she is one of the um, the leading lady um, uh, uh, beauty contest ladies. But the, the main thing that I noticed that she was uh, in, uh, which is awesome, she was in two, um, she was in two Terrence Hill uh, Bud Spencer films. She was in Crime Busters and what was the other one she was in? Crime Busters and Double Trouble. I have not seen Double Trouble, but I have seen Crime Busters. In fact, I got it on Blu-ray in a set uh, a few weeks ago. And she is in it. She's one of the, the leading ladies, more or less, in the movie. And she's, she's delightful. And Crime Busters is a hell of a lot of fun. And now I want to see Double Trouble. Um, and, but the other uh, woman in it is Vicki Frederick. Uh, she was a dancer. Huh, and she did work with Bob Fosse. Apparently, she was a protege of Bob Fosse. She was in, um, and and forgive me, our neighbors' uh, gardeners have just showed up, so you may hear some lawn mowing going on. But um, she was in chorus line and a few other big things on Broadway. So yes, she was a dancer, and she's in the chorus line movie that came out in the mid '80s. And the the main thing I know her for, and I think this has come out of Blu-ray, and I need to watch it again, is the super fun early '80s women wrestling movie with Peter Falk all the marbles she's one of the two wrestling ladies I, I didn't I thought I recognized her but I was like, oh my gosh so so this is 79 so in like two years she'll be in all the marbles which is a lot of fun yeah that's 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 cool so those are the two they they don't they don't do a lot in the episode I mean they're part of the they're part of the um the uh the the, the big the big square dance in the end that square dance is super fun and and you just go watch it it's super fun it's well done it's a lot of and it actually reminded me kind of a, a Spencer and Hill routine a fight scene from a Spencer and a Hill film where they're all they they can be kind of violent but they're also very playful and they're a lot of fun and um but I'll stop there so 
Uh, Shotgun Wedding 1, I would give like 7, 7.5. Shotgun Wedding 2, I would give, as a sitcom of the time, 9, maybe even 9.5. It is funny throughout. It it successfully closes everything out. It gives Vernisher their big kick-ass square dance sequence. Richie doesn't do much. And then it gives the Fonz his final moment where he stops the um, Mr... I forgot the, the farmer's name. I was going to say Bumgardner, but that ain't right. He stops Vernon and and helps save the day, and they all take a great picture of themselves at the end, which is very amusing. So the one, th- the last thing I will say is uh, it, uh, just crossovers. I love the c- crossover thing when they would do crossovers with uh, TV shows. Um, I don't know what the first crossover was. I know that about a year and a half? No. This is 79. Two years or so before this about two years before this in 76, 77 two and a half years before I'm, I'm discombobulated about two and a half years or so before this there was the great uh, Six Million Dollar Man Bionic Woman crossover I mean obviously there were um, there was the Bigfoot Six Million Dollar Man Bionic Woman crossover and then there was the big three part Kill Oscar crossover which was a lot of fun and around this time in the, in the second half of 79, there will be the big BJ and the Bear Sheriff Lobo run for the money three-part crossover. But I love a good crossover. I've always loved a good crossover. Heck, I just finished watching The Flash season four? Season five, the one with the Earth X on it. You know, and those had the big crossovers in them, and those are a lot of fun. I like to see how they, you know, adjust them to fit each show like this like like I said like this episode doesn't start off right away with Richie's running for help you know it's it settles in and it sets up a, a lovely uh episode of Laverne and Shirley which which you possibly could if you were if you were feeling you might not even need to watch with Shotgun Wedding Part 1 because yeah Richie shows up and and you know kind of explains it and maybe not I don't know anyways I'm gonna stop talking folks I've talked enough about these two episodes welcome back to the magical land of whatever the heck it is we're talking about here. And the next episode, Season 7, Episode 2, we will be covering Chachi Sells His Soul and Fonzie Meets Cat. Both very special episodes in one way or another, which I will discuss when we get there. But thanks, everyone, for listening. Welcome back. We're in Season 7, the last season with Richie, the last season with Ralph. Please join me. We've got... uh, What do we have? We have like 24 more episodes. I think 25 total in this season. We have 24 more episodes. I guess we got uh, 12 more episodes of this show. You're going to love it. These happy days are yours and mine.